0: Welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast's Weekly News Review. I'm co-editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of the week's top stories. Chairman Rob Doherty announced at the Legislature's Executive Committee meeting last week that the county is in better financial shape than they thought they would be after the COVID-19 pandemic and suggested repealing the 4% residential energy tax. The tax went into effect in September and was seen as a way to alleviate some of the financial burdens put in place by the coronavirus pandemic in light of not knowing what state or federal aid they would be receiving. It was set to end on February 28, 2023. If the legislature chooses to repeal it, it will end on September 1st, which is the beginning of the NYSEG quarter. That means it would come to a close 18 months early if the results from the county's audit from the past year are in good shape. Chairman Doherty said, quote, As the numbers are rolling in from last year, they still need to be audited, but it looks like we did pretty well financially. I think we made a lot of tough decisions, and there was a lot of tough debate. In order to avoid raising property taxes, the legislature enacted other cost-saving measures, such as a temporary furlough of 77 employees, abolished vacant positions, and reduced discretionary funding. Doherty said the sales tax numbers came back pretty good, and they will have a clearer picture after the county audit is complete. Legislators faced the heat from some residents who were angry over the energy tax. Doherty said, quote, I know a lot of people were not in favor of it, but it was the fairest and most equitable way to spread the potential debt out. And remember, if this was a property tax, this would never have been repealed. It would have never gone away. Doherty said the legislators, quote, thought out of the box and looked at different instruments, generate extra funding, and the energy tax was one of them. He said the current fiscal situation is due to prudent financial management and he thanked county manager josh potosik and county treasurer nancy buck last week suny chancellor dr jim malatras visited suny sullivan where he met with some of the college's nursing students as well as faculty and administration where there was discussion about the proposed 2021-22 suny budget the potential for an in-person commencement ceremony and the fall semester. Currently in its spring semester, SUNY Sullivan has resumed limited in-person classes for the nursing, culinary, and theater programs and test students, faculty, and staff weekly for COVID-19. Back to the chancellor from staff included more investment in workforce development and in terms of their nursing program, more investment in high-tech simulation tools that get students as close to the real world as possible while in a lab environment. The chancellor's itinerary also included a tour of the campus's county-run vaccination site. Chancellor, who was named to the position at the end of August, has visited 45 SUNY campuses so far and had high praise for the SUNY Sullivan team. He said, quote, SUNY Sullivan staff and faculty have banded together as their colleagues across SUNY going above and beyond to make sure our students are safe and still getting a high quality education during these unprecedented times and I'm happy to see them start to get a vaccine. My heartfelt thanks to President Quaintance and the SUNY Sullivan family for making resources available for this vaccination site and for their long hours volunteering to help each other and their neighbors get a life-saving vaccine. Answers praise wasn't the only good news for SUNY Sullivan last week. Intelligent.com ranked SUNY Sullivan as the number one community college in New York State and the number 14 college overall among colleges in New York. Back on the topic of a vaccine, one of the current issues many people face is getting an appointment. Two county residents, Bill Liblick and Lori Oristano James, are looking to help as they created the Sullivan County Vaccine Task Force. The mission of the task force is threefold. Coordinate agencies that administer the vaccine, assist residents in getting the vaccine, and lastly, providing education on vaccine safety. The task force, which will be co-chaired by Liblick and James, will be made up of healthcare professionals and agencies, such as Garnet Health and Pharmacies, as well as volunteers. The overall goal is to get a vaccine to everybody who wants it. They plan to have a phone bank so people can call in and get help with finding a vaccine they will also find out where vaccines are being distributed to and disseminate that information ask force will be a one-stop shop so people can have readily available access to information from a cadre of people who know where to go and what to do they also hope to create initiatives to reach vulnerable populations such as those that are homebound or do not have transportation they also plan to utilize healthcare professionals in the task force to hand out informational brochures and do workshops. A forum was held virtually and hosted by the Ethelbert B Crawford Library in Monticello last week and Oristano James reached out to them to save the video which the task force will share. You can contact them by emailing sullivancovidtaskforce at gmail.com. You can learn more about this new task force at scdemocratonline.com and read the article that appeared in Tuesday's paper, And on the topic of vaccines, in today's front page, you can see how local school districts are pondering reopening plans in the wake of new CDC guidance. Shifting away from the pandemic and focusing on economic development, there's good news in the town of Thompson and their Route 42 business corridor. There was a line around the brand new Marshalls and Thompson Square Mall at their opening on Thursday morning. Early shoppers were given a complimentary reusable water bottle and hand sanitizer. They went in empty-handed, and left with shopping bags in tow. In a recent press release, Town of Thompson supervisor Bill Reber said, quote, Being a business-friendly town doesn't just happen. We've made it a strategic priority. Our policies, approvals process, zoning, and overall development approach empower existing businesses to grow and thrive, while encouraging new and outside businesses to open up in Thompson. Whenever Marshalls opens a new store, they like to give back to the community, explained assistant manager Jordan G. and they decided to donate $10,000 to the Boys and Girls Club. There are about 92 associates on hand to help out with the opening. Many of the employees live in or near Monticello. Coming here is a great opportunity, Jordan explained. It's great to help set up a store in a new community, and everyone is so excited. Customers work up an appetite while shopping. There'll soon be some good news. It was announced that Popeye's, the well-known fried chicken franchise, is also coming to the Thompson Square Mall at the site of the old location of Catskill Hudson Bank. The current building that is there now will be demolished to make way for the new restaurant. For more on Popeyes and Marshalls, check out Today's Democrat. Police reform has been another major issue in the past year, and local departments are working to get their reform plans adopted by the April 1st deadline. Therefore, public hearing dates have been set. The town of Fallsburg set a public hearing from Monday, March 29th at 5.55 p.m. via the Zoom teleconference app. The town will then have a special meeting on Wednesday, March 31st at 5.55 p.m. to vote and adopt the plan. Sullivan County Sheriff's Office held three meetings with stakeholders and released their plan on March 19th. Comments could be mailed to police Reform at SullivanNY.us. Two public hearings have been scheduled so that the public can give their input on the Sheriff's Office's proposed plan. They will be held today, Friday, March 26th at 4.30 p.m., and Tuesday, March 30th at 8.30 a.m., will be held at the Government Center in Monticello. More info on both plans, as well as some critiques of them by local residents, check out the articles in today's news section. In other news, the Honorable Stephen Schick sentenced 89-year-old Isaac Kantiewicz to a $1,000 fine during a virtual court appearance yesterday involving an accident that occurred in Rock Hill in 2019. Kantrowitz, who is a retired Fallsburg judge, was driving on Glen Road in Rock Hill on June 2, 2019. He struck and killed 16-year-old Devin Zeiniger and 14-year-old Justin Finkel, who were walking on the road. sentence also includes a condition that Kantrowitz lose his driver's license and not seek another one. His lawyer, Steve Lungen, said that Kantowitz already gave up his license last year and will not drive again. Sullivan County District Attorney Megan Galligan issued the following statement on the decision. She said, quote, the deaths of Devin and Justin will always be an unfathomable tragedy. When I inherited this case, my office made this investigation a priority and fulfilled our promise to these victims to make a full, fair, and legal presentation of this case to a grand jury and to prosecute any crimes it charged. The defendant pled guilty to the top charge issued by the grand jury and his license is permanently revoked. While my office joined in the recommendations of the Zeiniger and Finkel families, Judge Schick ultimately determined that justice in this case does not call for incarceration. I recognize the anguish of these families in our community and I continue to urge our legislators to enact the Vehicular Violence Act to fix the broken laws in our state as they relate to offenses like this. You can see today's front page for more information on the decision. The County of Sullivan Industrial Development Agency board is undergoing significant changes. Chairman Ira Steingart resigned as of today, citing personal reasons. Vice Chair Susie Laughlin will take over as the new chair of the board. Also, the county legislature recently approved the appointment of prestige towing owner Sean Brooks and Monticello Bagel Bakery owner Craig Fleischman to the spots on the board previously held by Sean Reber and District 7 legislator Joe Perillo. Legislative Chairman Rob Doherty has nominated Sullivan County Democrat publisher Fred Stabber III to fill Steingert's seat on the board. However, it must be approved by the county legislature at a future meeting. And finally, U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer announced a $35 million loan for the Center for Discovery's first-of-its-kind Children's Specialty Hospital in Rock Hill through the U.S. Department of Agriculture Office of Rural Development's Community Facilities Program on Wednesday. According to a press release announcing the $35 million USDA investment, the loan became increasingly critical to keep the Children's Specialty Hospital project on track. The funding will allow for New York's first short-term inpatient assessment program, for children with complex conditions to begin construction, creating over 400 health care jobs and 150 construction jobs in Sullivan County, while improving access to quality care and services for upstate New York's most vulnerable. Schumer explained that through its groundbreaking research, the Children's Specialty Hospital, slated to break ground this June, will provide comprehensive clinical assessments to diagnose underlying physiological, medical, and mental health problems. The hospital will create targeted treatments and interventions for children and adolescents to receive care that allows them to remain in their homes, saving the state millions each year by reducing the need for long-term residential care. Furthermore, the senator said the project will include an education academy to expand the Center for Discovery's existing programs with 853 special education schools. Construction supported by the USDA investment will include new classrooms, accessible bathrooms, a full-service kitchen, dining hall, gymnasium, athletic fields, a traffic circulation system for school buses, and paved walking and biking paths for physical education and recreation. Building this infrastructure, the Center for Discovery will serve 60 additional students from surrounding communities while building on its pre-existing relationships with 250 school districts. That's it for this edition of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast Weekly News Review. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to subscribe, you can call 845-887-5200 Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m.